It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and the mic alongside Joey Medore and Matt Carroll joins us for the Sports Fan on this 13th day of September, 6.06 on the clock and 84 degrees and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. Again, it's a Sports Fan presented by JK Contracting. Lots to talk about over the events that happened this weekend. Uh, Bobcats losing to FCS Duquesne, their first FCS loss since 2002, it's been beyond the Frank Solich era uh, since the Bobcats have had a loss like that. The Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I don't know if they turned any heads. Uh, I mean, they almost went back to what they looked like last year, but they win 27-24 over the Vikings. And then both the Athens Bulldogs and the Nelsonville York Buckeyes pick up their first wins of this 2021 season last Friday, uh, both happening in conference in the TVC Ohio, Athens over Alexander. And uh, Nelsonville, York over River Valley. Lots to talk about, guys. How are you? Kind of the first uh, football, NFL football weekends in the books. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of entertaining games throughout the day for sure. Uh, the night game was a dud. Uh, but I, I kind of saw that coming because, uh, you know, the Rams, that defense just flies around. But as you mentioned, Cincinnati comes out with a uh, victory as home underdogs. Um, you know, a lot of people, including, you know, we had Lucas Moore calling last week, and he picked the Vikings to win that game. Um, and, you know, as you mentioned, it got a little dicey there at the end. I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it as, the, uh, as we get into this segment here. But just happy to have the, uh, the NFL back. It was, uh, it was nice to, to have my Sunday occupied for the first time uh, in a while. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think I left my couch for a few hours for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was all TV watching uh, NFL Red Zone. Uh, that, was, that was amazing. No commercials, just football. It was finally back. Um, but I, I will have to caveat, I had the Niners minus nine and a half. Oh. And uh, wow. I, I think George Kittle owes me an, an apology <laughs> letter, honestly, from himself. I mean, that, I've never seen a worse attempt to recover an onside kick in my entire life. <laughs> Smacked him right. And as soon as they did, I was like, they're going to go down and score. I, 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 knew I, was done. I knew I was done. And I had every chance to cover two. They just stopped one of their two-point conversions. Yep. But yeah. uh, and uh, Vegas always knows something. So. Vegas always knows something. It's like that Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings yeah, commercial. Yeah, exactly. When they I mean, want to I extend remember, the game. That's literally how it played out in that 49 It was game. third quarter, and I think it was 31 I think it was 38 to 10, and I was like, okay, this one's good. You know, we'll, we'll move on, look at the 4 o'clock games, get the next bet in. Nah, I was... Man, that was, that was rough. I had, a good, I had a good pick. I went 3-0 in college picks this week, though, so that was that was cool. See, I'm not as ambitious. I had some money to play with, so it was it was all right. That's good. And I'm not as ambitious as you, Joey, because, uh, you know, I, I put money down on fantasy football for the first time in a, in a long time this year, right? Well, you're and, not winning in our league, that's for sure. No. I checked the scores. I'm, but... But I'm, I'm I'm upset with uh, Aaron Rodgers. I'm upset with Aaron Jones. They got both the quarterback guys. and their running back. I mean, who saw that coming? That was awful. Man. If you had any of the Green Bay Packers on their offense, or even their defense, I mean, their defense was awful. They let Winston put up five touchdowns. 
Uh, but the Packers. You got the lace of guy surgery. I was just going to say, he's the defense now. He's legally He's a blind. new man. He's a new man. He can actually see who he's throwing to, sees the, sees the jersey finally. And I believe on Thursday that I said that I, I believe that that was the right move to start him for the Saints. I forget what I had the Saints as win loss, but the Saints look really good. Yeah. It's either that or the Packers are really, really bad. I, I mean, I don't think it's the latter there. I think Saints came out and played really well yesterday. Um, and, you know, they can't play in their home stadium right now due to the, you know, the hurricane that, that happened and stuff. But, you know, they get moved and have to play in Jacksonville, and they still come out and put an absolute whooping on, uh, on the Packers. That was uh, probably the biggest shock of results, I'd say, this weekend. Hands down for me. I mean, I, I did not. See if you that said the coming. Saints are going to win, fair enough. But yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody thought it'd be in that fashion. No, not not at all. It's it's almost like um, Aaron Rodgers came back to play just to sabotage his entire season. <laughs> That's a conspiracy theory that I'd like to dive deeper into because that they got was the just... Lions next week. So if they lose that one, you, oh, might, then you, might, you might have some legs on that, definitely. On that argument. Aaron, I, that was one of, if not the, in my opinion, it was the most embarrassing performance he's ever put up in his career. I mean, yeah, he's he's getting a little bit older, but but still, with that le- the level of the caliber level of talent that he has, that should never have happened. I mean, he go he's going to go down as a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, and <laughs> well, for, not if he has a performance like that again. Exactly, and if he continues to do that, oh boy. Yeah, that, that was that was embarrassing. And luckily, I didn't have him as my quarterback. I had Josh Allen uh, as my quarterback Man, in the money play, league for he fantasy play football. Much better. He didn't, but it, he had 17 <laughs> points. Right? Yeah, that's respectable. Aaron Rodgers, and, yeah. and we're talking fantasy, and we'll, we'll get into the Cincinnati Bengals game in just a second here, but uh, Aaron Rodgers had like 1.2 something. Yeah, he was bad. Like, he yeah. sunk me, as well as the, uh, the, the running back from the uh, Pittsburgh, uh, the Steelers. Aji um, Harris. Yeah, Harris did not have a great performance either. Yeah, rookie running back against an experienced defense probably wasn't the right play there. And uh, an unexperienced counter. offensive line as well. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I I needed a running back. He was projected to do well. Oh yeah. Um, and, and he just did not yeah, live up like to the performance. Yeah, he was like the sixteenth highest player in fantasy this year. That really confused me. Just Would, I know that I know the Pittsburgh's plan is to try to run the ball more this year. But um, I mean, he he played in all fifty eight offensive snaps. He was yeah. not taken yeah, off yeah. the field. Yeah, and he got a couple in there later in the game. As uh, he as did. A, as and the, the first half was was pretty abysmal, though. He had. Eight yards for on ten carries, or vice versa, ten yard ten yards on eight carries. So that was not fantasy um, fantasy level <laughs> acceptable. <laughs> Would you drop Aaron Rodgers after this performance no, and pick up Winston? That's a bit absurd. I might pick up Winston and I'm not dropping Rodgers, but I'm not dropping <laughs> Rodgers. I don't, I mean that. That's how upset I was with that performance. <laughs> That's how like, upset. I'm, cut him. He's off. He's out of here. Tom Brady um, plays bad games, man. You know, like every NFL quarterback can have a can have a bad day. And it wasn't just him. The whole offense was was terrible, and the defense it, didn't help out at all either. On the other end, I mean, they let Jameis throw five touchdowns. Right. At one point, he had like four touchdowns and only like ninety yards. Right. Yeah. That was the most touchdown passes with the least amount of yards. By a quarterback, mm. I think he had. I mean, it was. He, he threw like a he threw like a fifty plus yard one at the yep. end for his fifth one, so he got up to like one thirty something. Yep. But that was it. Yeah. Uh, either way, it was a pretty good game earlier on for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Bengals were up twenty one to about seven, right? Not about. It was seven. Twenty one to seven. 
they went for it on fourth and shorts, right? Fourth and one, fourth and two, whatever it was. Pretty, yeah. uh, I think they were on the same side of the field. Yeah, got a little greedy. And did not get it, right? Mixon tripped up, was stopped, and then it seemed like the whole game kind of flipped from there. And they were lucky enough to go out there and get that win at the end. Uh, had to go all the way down to overtime to get that win. Uh, but, of course, you know, you draft a kicker in the fifth round for a reason, and the, the kicker McPherson comes through for Cincinnati. Uh, it's really nice having a kicking game. <laughs> um, and, and we'll talk more about why I made that comment later. But, um, you know, it was a overall, you got good feelings coming out of that game. Number one, because Mixon, after the injury he suffered last year, he came back and put up 100 yards on the ground. Joe Burrow comes back. And he puts up around 260 yards through the air, throws for two touchdowns, and uh, connects with his college teammate in Jamar Chase for uh, that long touchdown. Um, you know, everything, the offense, I think, was a little bit slow to get off of, uh, slow to get up and going, because at the beginning, they were probably playing it more conservative, uh, letting Joe kind of ease back into the offense. Um, was that the right move at the beginning? I don't know. Uh, but they, they got the result that they wanted at the end of the day. Uh, they get the win in overtime, 27-24. And, again, in the NFL, wins and losses, that's all that matters. Was it the best game? It was not. Uh, but it was a, a game that does not go their way last year. And, you know, all in all, you have to be pretty happy with just coming away with the win in your season opener under uh, head coach Zach Taylor. Um. As you mentioned, it was a lackluster first quarter for sure, but the defense stood up. You saw Logan Joby and uh, I think B.J. Hill uh, came away with a, you know, Hill had two sacks in the game, and Logan Joby had a sack in that first quarter, and uh, the defense kind of stood up and, and slowed down the, uh, you know, the Vikings there in the first quarter. Um, they did a really good job. You know, we mentioned one of the keys was if you let Dalvin Cook run wild against you, then, you know, Cincinnati was going to it was going to be a, a tough uphill battle for them. But they did a really good job uh, limiting his his big plays on the day. Um, you know, he only finished 20 carries, 61 yards, had a touchdown. But as long as run was only 17 yards, held the three yards a carry. That's a big win for the Cincinnati defense who, you know, at points last year, they gave up over 400 yards rushing to the Ravens in one game. They, they were constantly getting gashed. And uh, you get D.J. Reader back. I think that's a big part of it. Um, but as you mentioned, on the offensive side, like you said, a little bit of a slow start. But I think you got to be happy to see the balance in the offense, right? They didn't need Joe to come out and throw the ball 55 times like they did at times last year uh, to go out and win the game. They were able to get Mixon going. They actually ran the ball more than throw it, 36 rushes to 27 passes. That's the kind of balance you want to win games in the NFL. And as you mentioned, Mixon goes you know, for for a buck twenty-seven with a touchdown, he comes back strong. You get Jamar Chase in the mix. Uh, you know, questions about the drops and stuff. He didn't drop a ball yesterday, that's for sure. I'm not saying, you know, let's not, you know, get too carried away. He had a good first game, but uh, you know, it, it was definitely encouraging to see. And the biggest takeaway I had was, you know, when you when you suffer a serious injury from that, you wonder if a guy, you know, will get a little skittish or worried or, uh, you know about re-injuring that injury and you know you thought maybe Burrow would get some happy feet there in the game but he stood in there in that pocket and delivered strikes all game he did not you know he was not afraid of you could tell the knee wasn't bothering him you know he was still playing like he was before the injury and not being afraid and, and flushing out of the pocket a little early at times he was standing in there and uh, throwing darts and that's what they needed him to do I'm sure as that fourth quarter went on you know if you've been a, a long time Bengals fan you 
probably weren't feeling good going into that overtime once Joseph hit that field goal. But, uh, you know, it was one of those games where if you have them winning seven, eight, nine games, they had to win that one, and uh, they, they came out and did uh, in overtime. And maybe years past, that's, as you mentioned, Connor, maybe that's one they don't come away with. So, uh, as you mentioned, wins and losses, all that matters, but don't get too carried away because, uh, you know, th- that's not a very good Vikings defense that you played, if we're, if we're going to be completely honest about it. Right, and I think the main thing that you have to take out of this game here, guys, is that the defense... For what you want to take it as, the defense for Cincinnati looked improved. They were dominating the offensive line. They had multiple sacks on Kirk Cousins, right? I this mean, was a, a good a performance. performance by the defense. They gave over 400 yards. Well, uh, but on the offensive line, and again, I mean, through the air, you know, maybe they have to get a little bit of work done. I think Eli Apple got exposed a lot. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> uh, but he wasn't even supposed to start. Former right? first-round pick, too. I mean, Apple has bounced around. I think he was with the Saints. I think he was with the Giants. Yep. Um, Apple is not your your guy, right? I mean, he was a, a guy to throw in there just to uh, have a, 11 guys out on defense. Um, but, again, I, I think the defensive line showed you a little bit of something, uh, especially with holding Cook to just 61 yards. That was the one guy that, you know, Helpman came on the program. Lucas came on the program and said, if you want to beat this Vikings team, you have to stop their star running back in Dalvin Cook. And guess what? They did. You know, they held him to just 61 yards on 20 carries. Uh, yeah, he got the one touchdown. But defense looked much improved from what it was last year. And if Cincinnati is going to have any type of success moving forward, they will have to do that again in the upcoming weeks, especially against Chicago, to where that Montgomery running back that they have, uh, Montgomery looked pretty good against the defense on the Rams last night. If you stop him, I don't think that Andy Dalton is going to go out there and beat you. So it's just, you know, I don't want to say it's the same game plan, but, I mean, it's the same type of game. You stop the run of Montgomery. If you shut down Andy Dalton, I think you can be all right. If you stop their weapons, you win the game. Good analysis. Come well, on. I, again, Kirk Cousins is a Go better ahead. quarterback than Andy Dalton. I just wanted to bring up, did, were you guys, um, they did a compilation video of um, the Bengals of when Joe Burrow connected with Jamar Chase into the end zone. I don't know if you guys saw that video, but that was, that was incredible. Mm. They, uh, they ran the same play, so it was a similar play at least, um, that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase ran and found a connection on LSU and in the Bengals, and they did it... Um, it was they started it at LSU and then when he passed it it changed the the bank and it was just it was very very interesting you guys should go check that out because that was really very very um, interesting video to see but no they did look I mean hey I had them losing um, so I was wrong but they they looked better and they looked a lot better than what I thought they would look like for sure absolutely and we got a caller on the phone line caller you're live on the sports fan I just wanted to make uh, mention really quickly I read that. Uh, Joe Burrow had a, a quarterback rating of 128.8. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, isn't it? That is, especially for his first game coming back. I mean, he outperformed yeah. you know, a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. Um, right. And again, it it showed. I mean, he, he looked pretty solid. 20 of 27, 261 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Joe was even hitting. I think the nicest pass that he had was probably to Boyd, who was slanting across the fields and just uh, kept his feet in and, and caught it on the uh, 
caught her on the edge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. A, a big play we don't mention is on that last drive in overtime on fourth down where, you know, they get up to the line and, you know, everybody's probably expecting a run play and you see Joe call the audible and they throw the pass downfield to Uzama, which put him in field goal range and go win the game, which was obviously a big turning point at that point. Because yeah, of that I, I, I felt like the, 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 he, he, he only had plays suited him for about a third of the game. The rest of the time, I thought they were being so conservative that he just didn't know what to do about it. Yeah, and I got that kind of feeling in that first quarter, right? Because it, they really didn't throw it with Joe. For one reason or the other, they didn't really open up uh, what what Burrow can do. And was that because they were probably easing him into the game? Or was it they were a little bit too conservative on their play calling? I mean, you can make that decision for yourself. But you know, at the end of the day... You know, they, they called the right plays to get the job done. Right. In a pinch, they came through. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for the phone call. But, yeah, Joe, with the uh, 128 points, I, I just had it in front of me, 128.8, uh, uh, 128.8 was his rating uh, on, on ESPN for the quarterback rating. and no, It's two different things. QBR right. only goes to 100. Yeah, what, what was the uh, what's what's the max on the on the rating? 157, 152. Yeah. 157.2. Yeah, the QBR so, and their rating are two different things. Yeah. QBR uh, only goes to 100. But again, you know, he did pretty good job for coming back. Yeah, and that's the one thing that you guys all uh, that not you two in general, <laughs> but it's the one thing you want to look at in your quarterback that just um, he's a dynasty quarterback. He's you drafted him to be your guy, and coming off his rookie season, off that uh, pretty bad ACL tear, you wanted to see him perform well and look comfortable in the pocket, and just look like he is doing well, right? You don't want to have him have a 500 yard. Well, obviously you want it, but you don't expect it. You don't expect a 500 yard passing game, five touchdowns, 80 rushing yards himself, right? But you just want to make him look like he's back to being comfortable in the pocket, and that's what it looked like. You know, he was making some throws that he needed to, and in the end they came out with a win, which was good for them. Yeah, still some pressure. He got sacked five times. I mean, you know, if you, if you equal that out throughout a season, that you know, if you're getting sacked five times a game, you're going to lead the league in, in times getting sacked by a lot. So there, there's time. still some things that clean up there um, for sure. But the biggest thing for me was him being confident, standing in the pocket, delivering strikes. Um, showed that he's not worried about the knee when he's out there playing. Um, he's not worried. And, you know, you could say they called a conservative game, sure, but like, like, I, like I said on fourth and one in overtime, game on the line, they let him throw a pass play down the field to put him in field goal range. How conservative is that? I mean, all right. And, and where I got the, the conservative from is because the first, what, first couple drives of the football game, I don't think Joe threw the ball more than five yards past the line of scrimmage. It was either, I, I think they opened up with a screen to Mixon, as a first play, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was either a screen play, it was dinks and dunks off towards the side, and nothing really went deep until, you know, second quarter maybe. Um, and that's, again, maybe they were probably easing him in, uh, but they were not, all offseason they touted their explosive offense. And yeah, I mean, again, they got the job done, but you didn't really see the offense as it was promoted in the beginning. The offense kind of loosened up a little bit. They started hitting their stride, uh, especially when Joe, 
you know, had the one pass to Jamar Chase down the sideline, had the one touchdown to, to T. Higgins. Um, but you really didn't see, you know, that quote-unquote explosive offense as what they were promoting it as to be. And, you know, game number one of the year, right? I, I see what they can do. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, with that assessment, but... Well, uh, what deep passes, right? I mean, he went. They, they also. I mean, we're we're saying conservative. They went for it on fourth and one on their own thirty. I mean, that's not conservative. That's... Well, that that's aggressive, <laughs> right? But they didn't throw it, right? They they went for a run, and Mixon didn't get it, and that changed changed the ball game. Yeah, so it really did change the game. I mean, because they ended up scoring the next that next drive, um, and ended up turning into an overtime overtime game, which it didn't really need to be. Um, which you don't want to see as a Bengals fan and as a uh, fan of the game. Um, you would have liked to see them close it out better. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm indifferent on the call because if you get it, then yeah, it's a different game. But, again, if you don't, and as it turned out, you almost lose the game. So yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of you want to, as a head coach, you want to uh, take these risks, but the risk versus reward sometimes aren't. Aren't there? Yeah, being up two scores, uh, you know, that late in the game and going for it on your own side of the field, you know, close to midfield maybe, but at, at your own thirty, that's a little. It's definitely gutsy, and I'm sure there's you know some stats guy up in the booth telling you we have a ninety percent chance of winning this game if we get this first down here, but uh, you know, obviously the momentum was a big swing there when when Minnesota was able to to come up with that stop and then go right down the field and get a touchdown. Um, but, you know, I think it's kind of a double-edged sword to you're complaining about it being too conservative, but also complaining on the other side about some other decisions. Well, uh, and, and again, the game plan kind of changed as, as the game went along, right? I mean, they, they did open it up a little bit down the line, but they started out a little bit too conservative for my liking. And then, I don't know if you guys noticed it or not, but uh, when Joe kind of went down after that one sack, at the end of the game, they said that he rolled his ankle. Um, but he did look a little tentative getting up. He looked like he had a little bit of a limp. Um, on one handoff to Mixon, it looked like he kind of just you know, was was tentative on the leg, and then he got more more confident down the line. But uh, as that game was wrapping up in the fourth quarter, I think their play calling got uh, a lot more conservative. They didn't really let Joe throw the ball down down the fields. Um, they were, if it makes sense, conservative, aggressive, and then conservative again. And then at at the end of the game, you know, I I think it almost cost them their, their play calls in the fourth. But defense came up big in overtime, and they got the job done. Without the, the fumble, you know, th- we're talking about another heartbreaking loss yep. that Cincinnati should have won. Or tie. Or tie. <laughs> yeah, or but tie. <laughs> I think with field position and, and how the, the Vikings kicker was performing, I, I think that game was probably wrapped up had Cook not fumbled. Yeah, they definitely would have got, you know, he actually made the, the long kick to, to send it into overtime. Was it 52 yards, I think? 53. Something like that. Fifty-three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, Career long. He he made. Uh, he. I mean, he not only drilled the the practice one he, when he got when he iced him. I mean, he was pretty true on the next one as well. Um, but you know, it was just good. And then to talk about McPherson. Uh, you know, just a, a rookie kid. First of all, just coming in and making a yeah, an over a fifty-plus yard kick um, in his first ever game. That's huge. You don't see many rookie guys coming to the league and do that. But to you know, step up and you know it was obviously a bit of a shorter kick, but to step up in that situation and knock in a game winner as a rookie, you know that that takes some guts and that's why you spend a 
you know, if you're spending a draft kick on a kicker, a draft pick, excuse me, on a kicker, you know, you're, you're expecting him to be able to come in and perform. And uh, he made some pretty big kicks down to Florida, including, you know, to beat LSU last year. I think it was like a 56, 57 yarder in that game. So he proved he can make big kicks and big long kicks. Um, but it's got to feel nice for uh, for Bengals management to have that kid come in and, and knock in a game winner in his, in his debut. Again, I'm, their kicking game was not great last year. Um, but And again, Joe said it at the end of the game in his press conference. He doesn't believe that they would have won that game last year. Uh, but it's the improvements that they made on defense, uh, even on offense, right? I mean, getting Jamar Chase, getting Reef on the offensive line, um, you know, getting Joe back healthy, getting both Joes back healthy, Mixon and Burrow. You know, they, they got the job done, and they head into week two, now 1-0. Yeah, I mean, I, I, feeling. I think you're happy that you won the game with a balanced offensive attack, being able to run the ball effectively get your get your guy who they paid a lot of money a couple of years ago in Mixon and deservedly so I mean he had 1200 yards the year before he signed that contract um, and he's been a pretty good back for them and obviously he had his struggles last year before getting hurt but to come back have a 100 yard performance uh, to not get away from the run game when at times it, it looked like it was it was an uphill battle because that's what a lot of NFL coaches do you know they have a couple drives where they can't really get it going and then they get away from it Pittsburgh's a great example yesterday I think we were talking about, uh, you know, Najee Harris, who's a rookie, had, uh, you know, what did you say, 10 carries for eight yards in the first half? Yep. But he came out in the second half, and now I think he finished with 50 or 60 yards on the ground, right? They stuck with it, and he still didn't, you know, he wasn't a game wrecker, but he started to break some five- and ten-yard runs. And, you know, I think a lot of coaches in today's game are too quick to get away from the run game, especially when, if you're playing with a lead, you got to be able to run the ball and, and control the clock and get first downs running the ball. And for them to get a win where they don't have to drop back and throw it 40 or 50 times, which it seemed like that was the only way they were going to win games last year, um, it's encouraging. It lets you know there is some improvement on the O-line. Pass pro still needs to get better. As we mentioned, Joe sacked five times still. Um, you know, that's still something that, that's got to get improved on. But, you know, it's uh, you're, you're talking about a win rather than a loss. And, you know, I would probably agree with Joe that uh, that's probably not a game that they that they find themselves winning last year. But I will say this: he, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that, but when he walked into his presser yesterday, it was right after Jamar Chase's, and he looked, he sat down and looked at everybody and said, "I thought he couldn't catch," <laughs> and he had his teammates back. Yeah. I mean, that that's why they love playing with him. You know, that part of the reason, right? He had his teammates back. Yeah. All the media story was, oh, you know, the guy can't catch. He didn't He's been help. All he the- didn't help himself with the thing no. about the football. I will, oh, say, I will say that. that was, now, uh, granted, the, that was taken out of context. Yeah, way yeah, yeah, put yeah. out there. Yeah. But you don't really want to say that after <laughs> no, no, no. the media sees you struggling a little bit. You don't even yeah. want to put yourself. Last in thing a you want to do is say anything about the condition of the football. Oh. So that's your <laughs> Are they you deflated? Your words and yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I mean to have a you know to have that in a rookie performance for Jamar Chase, and hopefully you know he's able to build off that. And you know their vertical offense was not very uh, you know impressive last year. I mean I remember they hit T Higgins on a deep ball against the Colts for a touchdown, and you know they had a few plays here and there, but pushing the ball down the field they weren't great at it last year. Mainly, I mean a lot a big factor was you didn't have time to drop back three steps and throw the ball down the field because there was three guys breathing down Burrow's neck you know, as soon as he caught the snap. But, uh, you know, if they if he can continue to be that vertical threat, I mean, that's going to be the key in this offense for him. Absolutely. And, again, the offensive line, while it was improved, uh, still wasn't great 
uh, Cincinnati gave up five sacks for 44 yards. Cousins uh, was sacked three times for 26. I, the biggest key in the game, I think, really was the fans, right? I mean, the fans threw the Minnesota Vikings off multiple times. I mean, you had false start after false start after false start. Uh, and, and as much as Cincinnati won this game, you know, I, I think Minnesota also lost this game, if that makes sense. Uh, because just how many penalties that they had a, that they gave up. I mean, how many holding calls, how many, you know, hands to the face, how many false starts did they give up in this game to where, you know, it was pretty bad for Minnesota with, with, with the penalty battle. I don't know. I mean, it was, again, I think penalties played a factor. The fans definitely helped. Uh, they, they had a lot of noise. It was a sold-out crowd over at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. And, again, it was a, a good day for Cincinnati to go out there, get the win against the Vikings, and prepare for the Bears coming up yep, next week. That's a, uh, it's an interesting matchup. Going to Soldier Field is never easy. It's a, you know, a great environment, obviously. You know, everybody knows the tradition with Chicago and football and them being one of the, the founding franchises and all that. Um, obviously, they had a tough game week one. You know, on the road against the Rams, Matt Stafford and the boys, the new offense, they were ready to roll. Uh, that Rams defense flies around. But as you mentioned, Montgomery, is a, he's a good little back that, that doesn't get too much credit, but he had a good game yesterday. And, um, you know, it's going to come down to winning the line of scrimmage again. And, you know, we'll see if they want to try to open it up. The Bears have some really good players on, on, uh, on defense as well. Mind you, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson, and others. So... I know they didn't look the greatest last night, but this Bears defense has the potential to be, you know, at least top half of the league with the, uh, with the talent that they have on the defensive side of the ball. So it's going to be no walk in the park to go into Chicago and win next week either. Oh, yeah, definitely no walk in the par- park. But how awesome did SoFi Stadium look last night? I mean, that, that stadium looked worlds apart from any other stadium. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was, was really beautiful. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice. Now we get to see Vegas's uh, new stadium tonight. Tonight yeah. against the Ravens. Is that where I knew uh, Raiders and, and uh, Ravens were going out tonight, but that's, that's at uh, the new stadium? Yep. Way game for Baltimore. That should be a fun one tonight. It's going to be drubbing. I need, uh, I need Josh Jacobs to put up like 40 points well, for my... I'm sorry for you then, because <laughs> Calais Campbell and the boys are going to eat them alive. Is yeah. that right? Yep. The other way. <laughs> We'll come right back. We've still got a lot of talk. 17. I'll put myself on the line here. Still lots to talk about. Feel free to call in. Bobcats in the game of the week in Athens last Friday. Uh, All worthy of being talked about. First win for Nelsonville, York. First win for Athens. And a uh, a devastating loss for Ohio. The first time since 2002 since they've lost to an FCS team. Uh, So that's... Again, feel free to call in. we got the Coaches Show going on over on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, with uh, Tim Albin and Russ Eisenstein. And right here, this is the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting, 970-97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. 
Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet bed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court in Congress, 5937393. That's 5937393. Join Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bowen all season long for the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game. Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at 1-888-592-1055. It's the Hewitt Honda Football Friday Night Post Game Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Bad loss for the Bobcats on Saturday. Ohio fell to Duquesne by a score of 28-26. While the game came down to the final drive to try to really tie it up, um, you know, that, that game was etched in stone a little bit earlier than then. Right? I mean, it, that game should not have come down to a two-point conversion try to send it into overtime. Uh, that game featured you know, kickoff return. By DeMontre Tuggle to open up the game. Uh, Ohio then had another touchdown, but then it was downhill all the way from there. Uh, their kicking game has not been good. A missed kick, uh, missed field goal, a missed extra point, both of which would have, you know, won the game for Ohio. But you know, it, it's hard to point fingers in this one because I think you'd be pointing at everybody. Um, again, 28-26 to Duquesne, the first loss to an FCS school since 2002. And the first win that, I mean, Joey and I were talking off air before the yeah, program yeah, today. Yeah, I'll take it from here. Not only was that Duquesne's first win against an FBS opponent, uh, but that was the first time anyone in Duquesne's conference had beaten an FBS opponent. First time ever. That's just bad. You just can't have that if you're a high university. I mean... You don't want that to be <laughs> when you're talking about who Duquesne beat when he, when you're talking about their conference winning. You just don't want your school to be the school to lose, and that's disappointing to see them lose. Um, and I'm interested to see how they'll uh, respond moving forward. And yeah, I mean, you know, playing the Northeast Football Conference, you know, obviously FCS conference, um, and you know, you, you read off the teams, you know, Bryant, Central Connecticut. Merrimack, Duquesne, LIU, St. Francis U, Sacred Heart Wag. These, you know, there's acceptable FCS teams to lose to. There's, uh, there's teams that play really well that are FCS schools. North Dakota State, you know, where Trey Lance played and Carson Wentz and several other NFLers. That's a really good, you know, double-A program. You know, uh, it, countless NFL guys have come from really good double-A uh, programs. Jimmy Garoppolo, the other Niners quarterback, played at Eastern Illinois. There's, there's teams... 
uh, that that are really good double A teams. And uh, I mean, Duquesne isn't really one of them. Um, they had a backup quarterback. You know, the the kid from Ohio that transferred, who was supposed to be their starter, hurt was hurt, and uh, they came in. And you know, Connor, I think. You know, losing the battle up front was uh, was the big part. You know, Ohio once again couldn't really get a run game going. Um, and once after you ran the opening kickoff back, and you know, you have a Duquesne team on the other sideline. And me and you know, me and uh, Kevin Wise were talking about this. It's like I'm sure some heads dropped on that Duquesne sideline when that happened. But I, I think a real momentum shifter was that safety. Yeah. Because once they got that safety, I think they they looked in and were like, okay, we can. We can handle these guys up front, um, and it was just a tough performance. And I believe that was the first time uh, I was talking to a couple Ohio people you know, during that game, and, and they can't remember a time where Ohio has taken back-to-back safeties in weeks one and two. I mean, for, just, just forget about weeks. I mean, back-to-back safeties in, in football games here. Uh, but we do have a call on the line. Caller, you are live on the sports fan. Who day, every day. Who day? What's going on? Great day to be a Bengals fan. Yes, it is. Good win for it them on. Uh, good win for them yesterday. Yes, it was. I enjoyed that game more than any game all day. <laughs> yeah, it came down to the wire. I mean, they should have won it in regulation, but you know, a win's a win. It is. I don't care if it's one point or a hundred points. A win's a win. Did you see the uh, Ohio game on Saturday? Yeah, I went there. I left at the fourth quarter. It was. They have a 28-point favorite, and they lost by two. I come on. I don't know what's going on with them. Well, I know that some of the fifth-year seniors can't play till the fourth game, some type of NCAA rule. So some of their main starters that came back for their fifth year, they, they haven't played a game yet. Yeah, I mean, with the, the veteran presence that you have there, and I know that uh, Curtis Rourke is not a veteran yet, right? Uh, but he is the best quarterback option for Ohio. Uh, you've got a very talented running back room. I know Julian Ross is injured, but you still have O'Shawn Allison and what was you know, one of the best running backs in the MAC last year in Demontre Tuggle. Uh, but your inability to run the ball, uh, your offensive line giving way to you know Duquesne. Uh, you know every Ohio got beat at every aspect of of the game on Saturday, and, and that's just something that can't happen. Right. Well, one of the starters on, in the Syracuse game got his knee hurt. And then his backup went in, and he got hurt. So now they're down on their linemen. Yeah. But, again, uh, I mean, at, at some point, you know, you just have to be – you got to figure out a way to win that game. And, 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 again, to not – to win in that fashion to a team that has not – and like, like Joey said, nobody in that conference has beaten an FBS school. And for Ohio to be the first – I mean, that, that goes a long way to, to tell you what kind of season Ohio might have in store moving forward. Oh, I mean, yeah. It, uh, somebody said, well, you got a new coach. Well, this, really, he's been there all the time. Coach Surik has been there. And Solik, and he, you know, he, he was Solik's assistant for, what, 16 years Solik was here? Yep. Yeah, even longer if you count the Nebraska time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that part. But, yeah, so... Can't blame it on the coaching. It's the, the players, if they're not up to the game, we're able to play, they're going to get beat. they got to have that mentality to say, hey, we're Ohio, we're the Bobcats, we're bad, nobody can beat us, go out and prove it. Because ain't nobody going to bow to you. 
right? And again, and, yeah. And and on any given Saturday, it, it depends who wants the game the most. And again, it just didn't seem like Ohio wanted it. And and back to what Joey said, you know, with that two point with the safety taken, you know, that was really a momentum change, right? I mean, to get pushed back all the way into your own end zone and give up safeties in back to back weeks, I mean that that's broken your back. Yes, it is. That's that's a. I don't know what's going to happen. It. I just. I hope it would, and they're going down to what Louisiana, Louis and Raging Cajuns into this Saturday. Yeah, that Thursday night. It's like that's a good football team too. Yes, it is. They're going to be a. It's going to be a struggle. Hopefully, they can get their mentality right and pull out a win. That'd be great. Yeah. Hopefully. Again, Ohio is 22-point underdogs in this game, right? They were they were 28, 28-point uh, favorites on Saturday, and now they've gone to a 22-point underdog against Louisiana. And, and, you know, that's just where the line is set. I mean, that's that's not good just at face value. That's it, yeah. But, yeah, it's and it's going to be on ESPN, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be an ESPN game. Right. And I don't know. Hopefully Ohio puts their best foot forward in that game. Yeah, I hope so. Well, I, yeah, I, listen, I like listening to guys, and sometimes I'll call in and say who day, and other times I'll just fight it and listen. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Always appreciate the phone call, and, hey, it could be a good who day season this year. Oh, yeah. I think by a couple of plays they got through to Joey, and I seen him kind of limping on that one. Right. But to me, it looked like the the players that sacked him, they were trying to hurt him. They was, you know, pulling him down on top of them to, you know, kind of take it easy on him. But it's a sack to sack. It don't matter. Right. Rolled his ankle a little bit there, got on the bike, got up, and, uh, you know, helped Cincinnati win that football game. Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I hope they continue winning. Hopefully. Well, we appreciate the phone call. Hey, y'all have a good night. Y'all stay careful and be safe. Yeah, thanks. You, you too. too. All right. Talk to you later. Yeah, I've always appreciate the phone call, 740-592-6646. What did I say? 740-592-6646. That's what you said. That is what I said. Yeah. I thought I said a little bit too fast. You got it right the first time. But either way, I mean, East Coast, we could talk fast. I've, I've figured out <laughs> coming over here. Um, you're running the same issue, Matt. Just, just a few times. I feel like a lot of people here think I talk too fast and they can't understand what I say. But hey, JW gave you the compliment on the uh, with your ability to call the Athens games. I wish I could hear you, but I no, mean, I, don't, I, don't th- I think when I broadcast, I do, I do all right. I just mean in, in normal day-to-day conversation. Sometimes, you know. You start going a little bit, and apparently that, that becomes hard to understand. Brandon Monty told me one time he thought I was speaking a different language. I was like, all right, that's a bit, ex- that's a bit extreme. Well, Brandon Monty probably could speak another language with the uh, all the accents and imitations that he does. But, again, um, at disappointing loss, it's a, an eye-opening loss for Ohio. Sure you thought is. they would have at sure least gotten is. one win uh, prior to getting to Louisiana and then Northwestern. Uh, two teams that, again, are not at the top of, uh, of the football landscape, but two very talented teams, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's going to be a rough road. But the, you know, they're not, they're not freaking <laughs> Duquesne either. I mean, right. um, and, you know, we, we can say all we want about Duquesne, but you, 
we, you need to give them credit. They came in and executed really well, and, you know, they were the aggressor. They were obviously the smaller team and, you know, the smaller school, and obviously, you know, they're one of those programs where they can only have 20, 25 kids on scholarship, but they came in here and, you know, for the better part of three quarters, they were the dominant team. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah, I mean, I mean if you take away, like, I was telling everybody, you take away that opening kickoff, at one point, you know, it would have been, you know, 14 to, to 6, and they scored again. It would have been 20 to Like, you know, Duquesne really came in, and they, they forced the action on, on Ohio. And uh, I don't think that's what many people expected. I mean, you got outgained by them. Ohio could only get 307 yards offensively. And outside of a couple big plays, you know, you hit the, you hit the big play to Odom on the first drive, and then, you know, Tuggle finds the end zone. You have a big run by Allison. Uh, and then you missed the field goal, which, you know, that's becoming an issue. You missed a couple field goals last week, and now you missed an extra point in a field goal this week. I mean, these mistakes are starting to, they're starting to add up. Right. And, again, if you look just at the stats, right, Duquesne 26 first downs, Ohio had 15. Total of the yards, Duquesne over Ohio. Passing yards, Duquesne did better. Completion, Duquesne did look better. Look at the possession stat. That's, what, that's the one that stands out over. And, and that's the one that Russ Eisenstein asked Tim Albin after, uh, after the game on Saturday. And, you know, Tim Albin said, you know, he didn't have any excuses for it. Uh, but he did say, you know, on the two drives that they, they went out and scored, one score was, was a kickoff return, right? Uh, so that ate up time that, that Ohio would have had the ball uh, on the kickoff, right? Because you, you just had a couple seconds off and then they went down and scored pretty quick a second time. Is that an excuse for, for time of possession? Say, I mean, it's not. Know, man, like, get off the field. Like, on that last drive where Duquesne went down the field and, uh, you know, kicked the field goal that made Ohio have to score a touchdown and get two, they converted on four third downs. A couple of them were helped out with penalties, but four third downs. And another one was a fourth down, I'm pretty sure. One of them was like third and 15. There wasn't a penalty on the play. They could put it a 16-yard pass yeah. down the sideline. Yep. You got to get off the field there, man. Like, right. And, again, penalties played a huge factor. Eight penalties for 46 yards for Duquesne. 12 for 112 yards for Ohio. I mean, you, you can't win a football game like that. Time of possession, penalties, inability to run the ball, defense couldn't get off the fields. And, I mean, you know, it, what's a real bummer is now you come off that game and you got a short week. You play on Thursday against Louisiana. A, a team that was ranked week one, they had to go to Texas and, you know, obviously Lost that's by tough. 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was a little bit of a shocking result for many people, but uh, Sarkeesian really had Texas ready for uh, his first game. But this Louisiana team, they got a good quarterback. Levi Lewis is no joke. I mean, he's been <laughs> one of the top quarterbacks in the country the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, if you're not able to contain him, I mean, as we saw when they came here a couple of years ago, they can hang 50 on you. I mean, this is an explosive offense they have down there. Yes, that's right. If you are coming prepared with a little bit of anger in your system coming off that short off the short the short week coming into this game on Thursday if you're not coming in with something like a, a chip on your shoulder i mean it could get ugly and it could get ugly quick this team needs to come out there and show show us a lot to get a lot of bo- a lot of people back on their bandwagon because right now it's not looking too good and i'll ask you guys this i mean we're running up on a quick break coming up here but with Louisiana, Ohio is not favored in any of these next two non-conference games coming moving forward. Nah. What what will make you happy? What is something that you're looking for for Ohio uh, to do in these next couple of weeks? Because I mean, again, I mean, wins. Obviously, you want to see them win. You want to see them upset either uh, 
Louisiana or Northwestern. But outside of winning, is there something that will make you happy even in a loss? Um, you know, the, the, the saying is there are no moral victories um, in football. But, uh, you know, you're dealing with a team who I just said was ranked 24th coming into the season. Very talented team. They'll probably get back in the top 25 for the season's over. Um, so what you want to do is come out and just show some incremental improvements. You know, let's get the Montre Tuggle rolling. Let's get Curtis in, in sync with the receivers. Let's put some sustain some long drives together. Let's get off the field on third down a couple times. Just start to see improvement in those stats. Let's not get dominating the possession 41 minutes to 18. I mean, you're not going to win many football. The fact, you know, looking at it, 41 to 18, the fact it was a two-point game is <laughs> pretty impressive. In yeah, itself. right. Um, and, of course, they had the chance to win. You get the two-point conversion attempt at the end. They throw the fade to Lorman, and, you know, it was just good coverage. You try to give, you know, one of your biggest, strongest guys on the team a one-on-one -on -one shot in the end zone. But uh, it, it just came up short. But you just want to see the offense start to find a little bit of a rhythm. And the defense, I mean, like I said, the, the third downs are, are the biggest thing because, you know, Duquesne was having so much success on third down. you got to write the 7 to 16 in the game. Yeah. And yeah. you look at Ohio on the other side, 1 for 7. So, I'd like to see Tuggle get more involved and uh, get be comfortable, it almost seems like, because he's a key factor on our offensive team. I'd also like to see, as Joey was saying, time of possession. We're going into these two next two weeks, as you said, against Louisiana and Northwestern, you, you got to put something up respectable. Yeah, you're you gonna have out. to. You're gonna have to control the pace to you stay have in to. the game. You really have to. And if not, if it, the p time of possession is anywhere similar to the that of the Duquesne game, the two games combined might put up. They our opposing teams might put up 100 points combined. I and mean, that's just how it is. Then an explosive team in Louisiana, and then Northwestern team. It's it's gonna be tough. So I'd like to put. I'd like them just to show something that's respectable. And as you said, there's no more victories in football. But these next two weeks, that's my, that, that might be the only thing that we're going to be looking for. Well, only time will tell. Thursday, Louisiana, Ohio. We'll see what happens in that game. And, of course, you can hear it on our sister station, WXTQ Power 105. And uh, we'll go throw it to a quick break right here at 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. I've got a math question for you. When you add tolerance, subtract prejudice, and multiply efforts to treat one another with respect, what do you get? Less division. And school sports have it down to a science. Looking for an example of what can happen when we realize there's more that unites us than divides us? Look no further than high school sports in Ohio. This message presented by the Ohio High School Athletic Association and the Ohio Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. It's when we dig deep. Loses it to Bjorkstrand, leads it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, 
we rise. Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets ticket plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Muslim Mike alongside Joey Medor and Matt Carroll for about three more minutes until we send you to CBS News at the top of the hour. Guys, Monday Night Football right around the corner. Joey's not too worried for his Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, not at all. I don't, I don't think you should be worried at all either. I mean, I, I, I like Gruden, but just because I like Gruden does not mean that's going to translate into a win. I tell you what, um, I tell you what, spider white banana, whatever it is. Frank Caliendo is a, a good impersonator of, uh, of Gruden. If you get the chance, you got to see Frank Caliendo. I mean, he does a tremendous job. I tell you what, man. That's not too bad yourself. You got a little. Yeah, uh, you got to imitate the imitator, right? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> you can't make it your own. Uh, real quick, because we didn't have a whole lot of time to talk about the high school stuff. Uh, and I didn't really hear a whole lot about what you said on the Football Friday Night Post Game Show last Friday. But uh, with Athens Alexander, a big win for Athens. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of silly up. the yeah. amount of people I saw picking uh, Alexander to win that game. I know Athens didn't get off to the best start, but um, just look at difference in opponent. Athens played a lot of tougher teams. Uh, Landon Wheatley didn't play the first two weeks. Connor, he's done seven incompletions in his first two games, and you know Nathan White likes to throw the ball around a little bit, so he's been impressive. It's been good to get him back, and it was good to see their offense clicking on all cylinders. And then the defense on the other side making some plays as well. Stevers came up with his second interception on the year. Uh, they had guys flying around. Braxton Springer always around the quarterback. Um, they got they got some good players. And it, if they get to play Vinton on Friday, that's going to be I'm going to be interested to see how that one turns out. I'm sure we'll talk about it more this week. Yeah, because that could be the Athens County game of the week. But you can hear that right here, 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. And that about does it for us on the Sports Fan. Right here again on WATH. For Joe Medora and Matt Carroll, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for calling in. And we'll send it to CBS News at the top of the hour. No Reds today. And we'll talk to you sometime this week. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H, FM.